Hello and welcome to the first episode of Popcorn and Power Tools, a podcast about how horror made history and history shaped horror. My name's Rich O'Brien, no, not that one, and I'll be your host. Now over the course of the series, I'll be taking a look at what exactly makes horror such a thrilling and enduring genre, why we still queue up in droves to be terrified, and how writers and directors still find new ways to leave us shaking in our seats. For this first episode, I thought I'd introduce myself to you and tell you exactly why I adore watching nightmares unfold on screen, and just give you a brief overview of the genre that I love so much. So why horror? Why would I spend an evening inviting ghouls, ghosts, demons and monsters into my living room? Well for me, it's a genre that entertains like no other. Much like comedy, it's visceral and effective. If a comedy works, you laugh. It's involuntary, much like cowering in fear or jumping out of your seat when the tension a good film creates finally reaches that shocking crescendo. Unlike comedy, however, there's something about a horror film that stays with you, grows within you and, dare I say it, haunts you long after you've left the cinema. For me, there's nothing quite like it. The funny thing is, as a child, horror was definitely not my thing. Not at all. I was the kind of kid who got nightmares easily. I wanted nothing to do with ghosts, killers or vampires. One of my earliest memories is of an episode of the Scottish crime drama Taggart, now fondly remembered for the delivery of the line, MURDER, and not for being particularly terrifying. I had a bellyache one night and instead of going to bed, slept on the couch while my mum watched a crime programme. Clever me. I got to stay up late and watch grown up TV. It was almost the perfect crime. Almost. The episode in question, and I'll remember this until the day I die, was called Hellfire. The opening of the episode featured a victim being killed with a chainsaw in an implied satanic ritual. Now, the scene itself is tame by modern standards. The killing is off-screen, intercut with shots of a voodoo doll getting caught up, and a bit of blood on a shoe. It's hardly martyrs. But, for eight-year-old me, that was enough. Nope. I was not sleeping. Not for a long time. After my early foray with Scottish satanic cults, I stayed well away from anything remotely horrific besides the Ghostbusters toys and cartoon until I was about 11 years old. It's around that time I made a trip to get bubblegum during a walk home from school, and it led me to discover VHS box art. The video store on the way home from my school was the type that had the faintest smell of cigarette smoke a stock counter of sweets, and walls and racks full of VHS tapes. In a mildly poor act of layout, the rack of children's films was right next to the horror section, and while I love Transformers the movie, the cover of Jason Goes to Hell was just a little more eye-catching than Optimus Prime. So every day I could, on the way home, I'd buy Hubba Bubba and sneakily read the backs of the horror videos, taking in every synopsis, image and cover. Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees just seemed so much more appealing and iconic to me than the Power Rangers. That being said, outside of the cover art, the occasional still and synopsis on the back of the box, 
I didn't really get to experience the thrill of actually seeing the movies until much later on, but that didn't stop my overactive imagination filling in the blanks and keeping me up at night. A few years later, at a friend's house one summer, I finally got to see William Friedkin's wonderful The Exorcist. I was petrified, dazzled and haunted, and more importantly, I was hooked. To this day, it's a film I love and appreciate. It almost makes the nightmares worth it. After I finally got a video player in my room, I'd borrow films from friends and sneak them home to watch after my mum went to sleep. My 14-inch portable TV wasn't just for my Nintendo anymore. It was a portal to a dark world of monsters, dumb teens, and buckets and buckets of blood. Goosebumps, point horror, and the occasional episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark replaced action figures and sports for me. I was in. Way in. Horror had its hold on me, and, well, it hasn't let go since. As a teenager, one of my holy grail films was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was a film I'd heard so much about, but I'd never seen. One weekend, a friend claimed to have a pirate VHS copy that his brother had borrowed from a friend of a friend. Now, the film wasn't available in the UK at the time due to the Video Nasties Act, but I was desperate to see it. Plans were made, and a small group of sheepish teenage boys settled down to watch the movie we'd all heard was the nastiest thing ever committed to celluloid. It was that night I discovered the true meaning of horror. Not from Toby Hooper's much-loved classic, no. It turns out that this VHS actually contained Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. It's a film so bad that Matthew McConaughey and Rene Zellweger tried to block it from a wide release. Suffice to say, I was more than a little disappointed. Although I actually quite enjoyed it as a bit of dumb fun, it remains a guilty pleasure of mine to this day, and I take it over Bridget Jones and her big pants anytime. I finally got to watch the original a lot later when it was finally passed for release in the UK on DVD. And while not being perfect or the gore fest that I'd built it up to be, it was worth the wait and it remains the best film in that franchise, vastly surpassing the movie I'd watch with my friends that evening. Over the years I delved through the depths of the genre, from Universal's monster flicks Hammer's campy gothic tales, Italy's moody and stylish giallos, all the way to the new wave of French extremity, J-horror and the PG-13 slashes of the early 2000s. To this day, horror has always found new ways to keep me coming back, and now I'm older and hopefully, maybe a little wiser, I can appreciate the subtleties in these subgenres, even if some still leave me feeling exactly as I did watching that fateful episode of Taggart all those years ago. While I was cowering away on a couch, feeling like a very silly boy after watching five minutes of an ITV crime drama, horror was already a mainstay of cinema for nearly 60 years. In fact, going even further back, as long as there have been stories, fear, terror and a grisly twist in the tale have been key elements of fables, folklore and even nursery rhymes. 
you only have to look at the grim fairy tales to see a very dark overtone. Sinister figures looking to steal children away, and a quite cruel attitude towards their protagonists. Something eerily reminiscent of the genre we know and love today. Horror had been staining the silver screen red since the inception of silent films, with movies such as the seminal Nosferatu leaving audiences quaking in their boots. And, as a genre, horror's always been on the cutting edge, pun very much intended. Whether that was pioneering special effects, giving new directors a voice, or even, as we'll discuss later, creating the modern concept of a viral marketing campaign, horror's always had its fingers and claws on the pulse. But it wasn't just in technique that horror stayed ahead of the curve. Fear is a funny old thing, you see. What people found terrifying 60 years ago doesn't always resonate with an audience today. For a genre often looked down on as lowbrow, horror has this unique ability to tap into a popular zeitgeist, adapting itself to the social and political climate of the time. Horror has the knack of not just scaring an audience, but often conveying a message, just like those fables of old. You only have to look at the work of George A. Romero, or today, Jordan Peele, to see a deep-rooted social commentary laying just beneath the shocking and macabre imagery. Now, that's not to say that all horror films share that intention to convey a message. Some of my favourite films have no underlying message at all beyond scaring the pants off you and leaving you entertained. I'm looking at you, Puppet Master. But horror has always been a good barometer of what's going on in the world at the time, because let's face it, even without monsters, ghouls and mass killers, the world can be a scary place. Over this first season, I'll be looking at how horror draws on the climate of the time to tap into the very real fears of the audience, and how, despite scaring them, the audience keeps coming back for more. Whether you're a hardened gorehound or just an occasional dabbler in the dark, I hope you'll find what I'm doing with the show an interesting insight into a genre that I love an awful lot. I hope you've enjoyed this brief introduction to the series, and I'm really excited to share the rest of this season with you. This show has genuinely been a real labour of love for me, a serious passion project. But it's not all been hard work, I've had the excuse to watch a lot of awesome films. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed it, please do take a second to hit the subscribe button and leave me a review. It really helps me to reach more people, and if you're interested in keeping up with what I'm doing with the show and the occasional picture of my evening meal or my cat, follow me on Instagram. My name there is Rich JD O'Brien. If you want to reach out, make suggestions, or pick my brains, or even suggest some areas of horror you'd like exploring, feel free to email me at popcornandpowertools at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll try my very best to get back to everyone. Thanks again for listening. Stay spooky, and take care. It's a scary place out there.